we, in the spirit of reconciliation, acknowledge the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodian of the land now known as the city of Marinda, where Indigenous Shoyans have performed ritual ceremonies. We acknowledge and respect the unique abilities to care for a country and the deep spiritual connections to it. We pay our respects to the eldest, past, present and emerging. Hello, I'm Nurse and my guest in this radio program is Vanessa Stefano. Sally Young Russell and she joins me right there. I'll be welcome to you, Sally Young. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Matt. The first time I heard you on Keys to Music with Graham Addit, and then the the second time I heard you doing your solo from Hong Handel's Messiah. Did you enjoy doing that? Oh, you know, Handel's Messiah is one of my very favourite things to sing. And I've done nearly 200 performances of it. And it doesn't matter how many times and where I do it, it's always amazing because it's just, I find it such beautiful music. It's just glorious. So I really enjoy singing it. Do you have a favourite singer? I do. I do. I have lots of favourite singers and for different reasons. So I really like, there's a Swedish mezzo and her name's Anne-Sophie von Otter. She's amazing and she she sings, we sing a lot of the same repertoire except she's way more famous I do. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's also lots of Australian singers. Like I'm not sure if you've heard of um, Loris Elms. She's, a, she's actually just turned 91 and she was one of Australia's most famous um, mezzo-sopranos, contraltos, and she has this beautiful, rich speaking voice, and, and oh. she's, she's a bit of a mentor for me. Oh and God. if you ever get to hear some of her recordings, it's really, <laughs> it's really worth looking her name up because it's, uh, she was a wonderful, wonderful singer. Just going back to Matt and Graham's relationship for a moment, Sally, you just yeah. informed us before that you're about to do an opera with Graham. Yeah. Can you tell tell us some more Um, about that? So um, Graham and I, I've known Graham for for a really long time now, and um, we are doing an opera called Alcina, A-L-C-I-N-A. And it's an it's a handle, so same same composer handles handles Alcina, and I'm singing a role called Bradamante. So that'll be fun, and I get to play this character called Bradamante, and it's a really confusing story, which most you know what most operas are like somebody uh somebody dies or somebody uh you know but this one i'm a girl but i get disguised as a boy to rescue my fiance and then i turn back into a girl again so it's really confusing (laughs) (laughs) but it's really good fun to play because it's actually um i have to i have to do some acting (laughs) as well as singing so uh that's uh it's quite it's quite a challenge actually so to swap characters like that and to you know, pretend to be a boy and go back to a girl and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun. And I've done that role before with Opera Australia about um, 10 years ago now. So, Do you get nervous just before you get onto the stage? I have to say mostly no. And I know I'm a little bit unusual because um, a lot of singers do get nervous 
um, and a lot of performers in general get nervous. If I'm pretending to wash the dishes, if I'm feeling really calm, that's often the best way I sing. And I don't know why, but that's just me. I'm a bit crazy. So, <laughs> but I'm lucky, I suppose, the way. So, as long as I'm feeling nice and calm, and then I'll sing well. In fact, if I do get nervous, I'm not sure what I would do because I don't know how to deal with nerves. <laughs> Do you have any pre-show rituals? Um, I like to eat a piece of salmon. <laughs> um, salmon's a uh, complete protein, so um, often that lasts me through, um, uh, you know, if I'm doing a long opera like Alcina, for example, coming up, um, you've got to have the stamina to be able to sing for and have the energy to be able to, to work for, you know, sometimes three or four hours. So salmon's great for that. And also salmon is really good. Well, I find it really good for my throat because it's not, um, it doesn't coat my throat. So it gives me a nice, clear vocal tract. How did you get into singing? And who, who, mm. were, you, who were you listening to when you first started mm. singing? And how did that influence your oh, progression? Okay, okay. well, this is bit of a long story, I suppose. So I actually wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Oh, and I'm cool. originally from Adelaide. Yeah. And so, but I was, I was put on a stage. Maybe that's why I don't get nervous too, because I was put on a stage when I was really young. I was, I started learning dancing when I was about three. So I was a, a child. <laughs> so lots and lots of dancing. And then my dancing teacher said to my mum, hmm, Sally Ann can really sing. She should go and learn some singing. And I went, okay. And I was about nine. So I went off to singing lessons. And then, um, yeah, I kept dancing. But then I hurt my knee. So I stopped dancing and I kept, I kept on singing. And so I was about 14 oh, when I hurt my knee. Cool. I know, I know. It's one of those funny stories, hey. And then so I was in Adelaide and I joined the single studies program at the Elder Conservatorium at the university. And then I went on and did my degree at Adelaide University. I did a Bachelor of Music Performance and I just yeah. kept singing. And, and here I am. I'm still singing. How do you go from singing to then become a mezzo-soprano? Obviously, that's quite a journey oh, yeah. in Good itself. Question. That's a great question, Matt. Well, when I so I was, you know, I think I was always on a stage. So obviously, um, I, I enjoy being on a stage. I, I enjoy singing and, and there's lots of great things about it and travel. And, and I think when you're younger, you're sort of always looking for opportunities. And, and well, even now, I'm always looking for opportunities to sing and to go places and do stuff and, and to get to travel and, and sing with great, great musicians and, and great conductors in, in great places. So you're kind of always on a bit of a journey to get work. So it's also a matter of having to earn money. So there's lots of different aspects to, to being a singer, lots of planning that has to go into things. So you've really got to plan ahead so that you can learn your work in time because I'm, I'm what you call a freelance. So a freelance means if you don't work, you don't get paid. <laughs> so, so you have to, um, you've got to, yeah, you've got to be really well, well organised and, and, uh, and, yeah, looking for, I'm always looking for lots of handle too. My favourite. <laughs> so one thing that Matt and I also discovered with Matt telling me about your experience with Handel, and you said that you've performed Handel's Messiah over 200 times, how do you put your own original spin on a work that's been performed for many years by many yeah. countless other people? Yeah, yeah well, it's, that's a good question. I mean, I can only sing how I sing because that's my voice. And it's basically our voices are our, our fingerprints. They're unique. We all have a unique sound. 
our speaking voice, our singing voice. And you'll hear from my, my speaking voice, I'm, I'm quite low. So um, that sort of characterizes me into being a mezzo-soprano. And to, to keep, to, to keep well, every, every performance is different because you never, well, every day is different. You wake up in the morning, for, for example, yourself, you wake up in the morning and you go, hmm, do I have a scratchy throat? <laughs> no, I don't have a scratchy throat. So I'm, it's going to be a good singing day today. And um, then you get to work with, you know, some, you work with a different lot of composers, uh, com, um, different lot of musicians. You might say, for we'll go back to the Messiah again. So say, for example, I do a Messiah, I might just work with a choir of 16 voices and it might be a small version and you might be in a church. So that you might sing that Messiah differently than you would if you're singing a Messiah with 600 people in the choir at the opera house, because you're going to be doing a very different version if, if you're in a small space or a really large theatre. So I suppose it just varies. And, you know, my interpretation of the Messiah, I suppose, I'm looking at it to give a truth so that when I sing to, when I sing to an audience that, that they... They, they come along for the ride with me, you know, so that I'm, so that it's not something that's fake, I suppose. Can you tell us about your vocal range and can you give us an example? Yeah, sure. So I'm what you call a mezzo-soprano, so um, which means, mezzo means half in Italian, which means I'm very short. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just means mezzo meaning half means that it's half a soprano, which means I have a lower register, which we were talking about my speaking voice early. It just means that I have a, also have a different colour to my sound. So you'll find a soprano often has a very, it's a much higher register. It's almost, if you, if you also compare a tenor to a baritone, a tenor will often have a high speaking voice and a baritone will speak down here. So we all have these different foot uh, fingerprints yet again, same sort of unique sounds, all right? And it is very early in the morning, but I'll give you a little, what do you want, a scale or do you want a little song? How about I do some handle for you? Um, let me see. Um, he was despised, despised and rejected, rejected of men. A man of sorrows. There you go, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's funny, isn't it? When you hear a voice, you don't expect a a speaking voice to be able to sing like that. It's kind of weird. I, I find it really, it's a fascinating thing, singing voices, speaking voices. It's really, really interesting because everyone's different. How do you sing? Well, it's practice, actually. So you, when you, because I've been singing a really long time, you practice every day and you keep your vocal cords working because essentially your vocal cords are, um, they're basically just two muscles. So if I can sort of compare myself to a marathon runner, it's a similar kind of thing because it's just like the muscles in your legs. Your vocal cords are just two little muscles and they beat together like this so that we can so they can talk and we can sing. So you've got to keep them, you've got to keep them exercised and, and um, in good shape. It, like a, it's just like, um, literally just like running, but um, it's a different, different kind of, 
different kind of exercise, really. And, you know, when you hear, you know, when you hear really old people and sometimes their voices are really wavery, it's because they don't speak very much. So if they don't speak very much, those muscles get out of condition. So, Matt, you've got to remember, keep talking all the time. Keep those muscles nicely conditioned. <laughs> then you can sing well. <laughs> How do you look after your vocal cords? Do you have any particular yeah. remedies? I know a lot of people... Yeah, well, talk about sort of lemon and honey and they all have their own individual ways yeah, what, what are your yeah. ways um well i i quite like honey and hot lemon and, and a lot of steaming that's um if you have a sore throat a steaming is, is a really good thing to keep your your voice um to keep your your muscles lubricated you know it's just like when you're rubbing deep heat or if you have a sore leg muscles when you run you, you keep everything nice and warm so it's the same with you with your uh, with your throat you don't have lots of iced water because that would constrict your vocal cords so just well I so for example here I've got my little room temperature water here and then I've got a cup of tea so two warm things here so because I knew I was going to be talking so I thought I'll prepare so that I don't get a scratchy throat when I talk to you and I really like pineapple juice pineapple juice is um, one of my little things some people really like milk but I can't do milk at all. It's really not me. And milk just <laughs> feels awful. But I love pineapple juice. So I think, as you say, it's really unique. And we all have our different ways of um, preparing. Back to my salmon again. Salmon's a really good sort of clears your throat and, uh, and lots of sleep. Sleep's always a good thing for singing. You need to be well rested because you know what it's like if you've been partying all night, Matt. And then you suddenly get up the next morning and you're like, I feel terrible. <laughs> you better get your sleep. And then that means you, you, uh, you sing better. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I heard you singing very nice time. How did you feel when you started singing that piece of music? Oh, Carmen, she's great fun. She's so naughty. She's very naughty. That <laughs> very naughty character. She's lots of fun to play. And, um, yeah, that's another one of my great favourite favorite things to sing. And she's very dramatic and, and she dies at the end, obviously, as, as in the opera. Um, so that's, um, but, you know, that's... Um, L'amour est un oiseau rebelle que nous n'avons So I get to sing in French. So that's another thing about singing. Lots of languages. And um, but there's there's often it's probably like probably like you you got, you got a question, yeah. Oh no, uh, Matt was just uh, singing the melody along with your. Uh... Oh, cool, cool, great, yeah, okay, so um, yeah, so and she I'll has a real journey. She I'll... has a real journey as a character, so she's an interesting character to I'll play. The go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm meant to be doing this Carmen again in 2024. <laughs> it's a bit of a way away. We were hoping to do it next year, but we can't quite get it going. So maybe you can come along. So it'll be sometime in, in, um, in 2024. I'll let you know when, it's, um, when it will be performed. It's a long way away at the moment, but um, I have concerts on all the time in, in Melbourne. And um, I've got one on this Sunday at um, La Bassa where I'm doing some Italian songs. That's down in a, in a National Trust home in, um, in uh, where is that? It's Caulfield, I think it is. Um, it's a bit like Rip and Lee. I don't know if you've ever been to Rip and Lee or Como House. or They're, um, they're really old homes 
and they've been preserved and they're really quite beautiful. So we're doing these these concerts in these in these little little ballrooms and all sorts of things. And I'm I'm going up to Aubrey next week. I'm, I run a festival up in in Aubrey, and it's a chamber music festival. So it's the Aubrey Chamber Music Festival. And then these are all the performers that we've got. And then that's the dates of when it's on. And then you see down the bottom here, in really tiny writing, co-artistic director. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> so that's going to be up in Aubrey. So that's, um, that's going to be oh. next week's exciting adventure. So I get to travel, you know, and I get to sing. Um, I'm going to be singing Dido and Anais up there. Well, your favourite to work with. My very oh my favorite. That's tricky, because you're right. I have, um, but it's um, well, what would it be? That's tricky. Uh, do I have to say Melbourne Symphony because I'm living in Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what? Every orchestra is great. Do I have a favorite? I'm not sure. Um, it, I, I think it sometimes it could be uh, just more like you know. Um, I mean, I've worked with Pavarotti in Italy, and you know that was a favorite, a favorite work, a favorite experience. You know, being in a different country, working with the great Pavarotti, working with an amazing orchestra. So every, nearly every time you 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 work with an orchestra, it's it's almost always amazing. You know, because it's it's different, and you're doing a different thing um, every time, and and sometimes you know things will feel. Completely amazing. So yeah, I don't know if I've got a I've got a favorite orchestra. I mean, if I'm listening to a recordings and things like that, I mean the Berlin Philharmonic is pretty extraordinary. I haven't worked with them yet. Maybe I will, but um, but uh, yeah, I've worked with some great American orchestras, and I mean, and all the Australian orchestras are pretty pretty great. We have some really really great players and singers in Australia, and uh, yeah, we always we think we're a long way away here, but we we have. There are people playing in orchestras and singing all over the world that they, they travel, you know, and it's uh, Australia's a really great place for, um, well, Joan Sutherland. You'd probably know that name. Um, she's a she's an older singer. She's passed away now, but she Nellie Melba. She was one of our famous Australian singers. And I think Nellie Melba is on our, is she on our $100 note? Yeah, I'm not sure. She's on one of our, our notes anyway. And so she was... Uh, uh, you know, a very famous singer in the late 1800s, you know, Australian singer. Oh, in the 1900s. Oh. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It's, we don't realise all of these things are all around us all the time. Oh, it's, it's really cool. Sally, that is so cool. In your time in singing opera, Sally, hmm. how have you seen the, how has opera changed in Australia? How has it changed? Well, I think... On the positive side, we have a lot more good singers. There are a lot more people singing and a lot more people doing it. On the negative side, we have a lot more sport in our society, bah, 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 which is great. I mean, we all need to stay fit, but um, we're a real sporting nation now, you know. So the arts in Australia, we've sort of seen some of the, the, the sport gets a lot more funding than we do. So we'd like a little bit more um, government support that would be really really great so that uh, oh, we can so put cool. on more things but there's lots of good stuff around oh. you know there's lots of lots of good arts happening in, in Melbourne in Australia and uh, um, and you're really hearing um, you know that the up and coming you know the young singers coming through the universities and the talent is incredible you know their voice is coming through and and uh, they're going places really fast there's lots of Lots of really great, great singing going on, you know, in uh, in Australia. So, yeah, 
Get amongst it. <laughs> there was a question uh, coming from everyone. Do you have a favourite food at Fermanus? Favourite food? Favourite food. Okay. Um, I love Italian. I really like a really nice carbonara. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> um, I quite like Mexican food and I quite like um, good Vietnamese is pretty good. Yep. So, uh, I like pears. Pears, oh, yeah. Now, see, pears are really good for your throat because that's a nice clean fruit. So it keeps your vocal cord, your, it's nice and... And they're nice and cooling, aren't they? Actually, a baked pear with custard. How delicious. Mmm. Yum. I could go a pear right now. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> they're in season too, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sally, on, it has been amazing for us to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time today. We'll That's okay. Here. We wish you all the best and good luck with your beautiful singing. Thank you so much.